Hello and welcome to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm Comfortable Laser and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host. It is I, Comfortable Kai. How do you do? Oh, yeah, it, uh, the Centaur World. Centaur, doing Centaur World. Centaur World. Yes. Oh, Actually, this is one of the few times where we're like, uh, it's not a spoiler cast. And it's like for the show, and it's like we're on top of it in terms of like this show just finished. Yeah, season two just came out. Uh, what on was the, it like on the sixth? So it's only on been the out. Sixth? Yeah, it's only been out for like a couple of weeks. Twenty days. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, little bit more than that by the time this comes out, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, by the time this comes out, but you know, whatever. It's it's fresh in the mind. Oh, yeah. It's a great fucking show. Uh, I talked about it previously uh, when season one first came out. Yeah. During, like, our week. I have... I have have many onions. Yeah. Both positive and negative, but I'll save that. Yeah. Uh, What's going Uh, on with you? uh, We usually start with your week, so let's start with your week. Um, Let me see. Uh, finally, after many eons, I'm caught up with One Piece again. <laughs> oh wow! Finally, I have arrived. Um, One Piece really. My friends were talking about this. We occasionally have this discussion, and, and this has come up more and more as the the arcs have gotten longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that One Piece is better consumed? in big chunks as opposed to week by week volumes yeah yeah. volumes or arc by arc yeah like just powering through an entire arc in like a week yeah i i i have this issue with a lot of shonen series Mm -hmm. uh where i will pull up the next chapter like the week's new chapter and i'll be like the fuck is going on again yeah one Piece suffers from that problem even more than any other because, especially with like the bigger arcs that are just becoming more and more common, like the uh, Dressrosa, Whole Cake Island, and the current one, Wano, where there's so many characters and yeah. so many interwoven plot lines, and so like in Wano specifically, that here's an example while. Zoro is having a fight with one of the Yonko's like big first like for, like captains or whatever. He's simultaneously learning that mastering a new sword style, which is um, cutting through fire, and then also learning that a that a sword style a sword move that he used unconsciously in an arc like several hundred chapters ago was. A manifestation of a, a super important thing. Also finding out that the guy he's fighting is a member of a race who are the last of their kind and it actually has ext- has a huge amount of lore implications. While that's happening, there's an entire like revenge subplot about the the big cap the big villain of that arc fighting the the vassals of the of the lord he killed to take over the country. And that's huh. just two different things happening while all this other shit is also happening. Alright. Yeah, that that's just a, an example of One Piece and how absolutely huge it is. Uh, One Piece is so fucking big and there's so many characters and so many of them are way more important than you think they are. Like, so much so that Oda doesn't have the space to tell the stories about them, so he does cover stories for side characters. While this is happening, look over here. This is also happening at the same time, and this is actually relevant. Trust me. And it is. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's both one of One Piece's strengths and it a weakness because 
you can't read it week to week. It there's too much happening. Yeah. And also because there's so much happening, the story feels like it moves really slowly because it's it's dense. But if you're reading it like, if you're binging it, it feels a lot better, like as a continuous story. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, uh, One Piece is still good. Shocking no one. There's a reason it's the most popular manga, like, ever. Yeah. And the third most sold comic ever. Hmm. After Batman and Superman. But, yeah. Um, the other thing was... We don't... I occasionally watch Death Battle, if it, the mm. fight is interesting. Yeah. Or I, I usually just like watching. I don't really care who wins. I just like watching the breakdowns of like the ridiculous amount of math they put into uh, measuring characters' power levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Popeye versus Saitama fight was a uh, uh, a real a real good one. Mm. Did you watch it? Nope. Uh, I have no interest in death battles. Okay. Do you, do you say you don't care who if I tell you who won? Go right ahead. Oh, Popeye. Okay. Yeah, Popeye won. Uh, they... The best part of that video is, like, they were like, how much energy is in one of Popeye's cans of spinach? And they showed a scene where, when opened, one of Popeye's cans of spinach turned into a giant beanstalk that shot through the atmosphere and pierced a cartoon yellow star. And so they were like, okay, the amount of energy needed to do that is... Hmm. And they calculated how much energy it would take for a thing of spinach to pierce an actual star. And it's like, that's how much energy Popeye can output if he eats a can of spinach. Alrighty. Uh, And it's just, I don't know, there's just something fun about that and also the uh the fight itself uh, was fun because the animation style kept changing because reality kept shifting mm. because of like cartoon physics yeah and at the end of the fight popeye punched him and there's you know how that thing you know that thing popeye does where he punches something and makes it into smaller components of the thing yeah like he turns a big fish into a bunch of little fish or an anchor into a bunch yeah. of fish hooks at yeah. the end of the fight, he the the final fight is them punching each other, and he turns Saitama into a bunch of eggs. <laughs> All right. It's there's also some shit about Popeye that I didn't know about. There's like apparently a comic where like the god of pop of the Popeye world literally just like flips the the on off switch for the universe. To get rid of Popeye because he can't stand him, and Popeye's like, "Nah." What do you mean, nah? Like, nah, I didn't want to not exist, and just refuse not to exist. Hmm. So he's still there, <laughs> even though the universe isn't. <laughs> okay. It's like that. It's literally that one episode of Dragon Ball Super where I showed up. And Vegeta's like, I can't beat her. She's a gag character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you beat that? You don't. You don't. And he's like, it... you have to beat them with gags. Yeah. And I'm not I, I'm not a gag person, Kakarot. Uh... It, it's uh, Roger Rabbit rules, you know? Yeah. You mean you mean you mean to tell me you could have gotten out of these cuffs at any time? Not yeah. at any time. Only when it was funny. You know. Yeah. Like I can punch the world in half, but only when it's funny. Yeah. Or it's it, it's just it's it's fun. I, I mean, really, all shonen protagonists exist on Roger Rabbit rules. Really, they're exactly as strong as they need to be for the circumstance. No. Not all of them. Okay. They may lose, but by the end of the arc, 
they get there. Mm. I mean, that's a that's a real big blanket statement, I feel. And I don't think it's true of all Shonen protagonists. The big ones. Mm. I, I think it's true of Luffy. I think it's true of Naruto. I think it's true of Goku. Uh or Gohan, whoever the main character for the fight is in Dragon Ball, really. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. I don't know. And it's not really. A, I don't really care. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um. But yeah, death battle is stupid and silly, but I kind of like it sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> like when they had Iron Fist fight Poe. What? No, I'm I'm just picturing it. And also, I just mm. kind of get depressed every time I hear Iron Fist nowadays. I mean, the comic version of him is still cool. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Mm. Listen, don't let the fucking shitty live action Marvel movies or TV It wasn't or, even that. Or TV shows ruin. It, it it's more than it. I don't want to get into it. Uh, I I don't really want to talk about Iron Fist. Okay. Um the only other thing was uh, me being really hype for uh the fact that Overlord is getting a fourth season. Yes, I saw that. That looks real good. I'm very excited for Overlord season four. Yes. I I really enjoy Overlord for the most part. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like again, it like eighty percent of the time. Yeah. And then it remembers it's a isekai, and then you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It it's weird because sometimes it feels like it's making fun of itself. Oh, it absolutely is. And I, and I don't... I don't know. I, I don't think... It's not something I can recommend with a wholeheartedly, but it has some good stuff in it. Yeah. And it's just fun. But yeah, not much else, really. Okay. Most of my time has been really making my way through Critical Role while, reading, while finally catching up to one. Mm. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> oh, we also, um, me and Adrian finally are done with what's left of part six of the anime. Oh, nice. Yeah. So all 12 episodes we watched. Um, it is, the, the anime ends with the, uh, the scene where Weather Report makes it rain poison dart frogs. Oh. And, uh, they, they meet Poochie and, you know. The, the 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 pigeon gets away with the uh the stand disc. Yeah. That that's where the it ends. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the jumping jack flash fight is the last stand battle. Right on. I can't get over his design though. Like every time I think I'm used to a Rocky, I see that shit. Like, why is he walking like? Why is he walking like that? Why does he have this weird fucking mask on his head? Why does he have shoes tied to his ankles? Like, I don't. Uh, I forget the, that Stan user's name, but he his design is whack. Uh, Lang Wrangler? Yeah, Lang Wrangler. Like, what is this design? He looks like a rejected Spider-Man villain. Yeah. I am the brown... I am the brown recluse, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Why are those things over his eyes? Why does he have got What? Why does he have goggles? Why are, he, why are his shoes tied... Everything about him. Why does he have a rocket-shaped 
torso window. I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out. What is this design? Fucking hell. I don't... Araki is living on a fucking other plane of existence. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing, same thing with weather, weather report. Like, this fuck, this motherfucker is walking around with a cod piece and a buffalo hat for some reason, and he walks around on his tiptoes because fuck you. I love JoJo. I hate JoJo. Both are my true feelings. It's bewildering. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Oh, my God. But I am looking forward to more. Yeah. I still need to get back to reading it. I have not really engaged in it. I'm still at the same spot. I did see a clip of the dub. And mm. it's the clip where Foo Fighters is a trying to make that guy not drink her water. Mm. And and she says, and I quote, Hey, whore nugget! That's my water! <laughs> whore nugget. I'm not kidding. That... Okay. Uh, kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, that's me. All right. Uh. Uh, I watched Witcher season two. Hmm. Uh, that was good. Uh, I'm not gonna bother going into it. Yeah, I know nothing uh, about The Witcher, so I couldn't really, yeah, comment on it. Uh, I watched seasons five and six of uh, F is for Family, which I still stand by saying is a good show. It's a slightly worse King of the Hill. Hmm. Uh, but King of the Hill is so good that slightly worse version of it is still really good. Hmm. Uh, it's just Bill Burr's a piece of shit. Got it. Uh, but I I think overall I think there's enough other people working on the show that it's one of those shows that's easily misconstrued. Like it, you get from it what you bring to it, sort of. Mm-hmm. Like I came away from most of the episodes being like. Yeah, it shit shit's fucked now. Shit's fucked then. When are we gonna fucking do better? Mm-hmm. And that to me, that's the point of the show. When are we going to do better? Mm-hmm. But I could also see it being misconstrued by, or not misconstrued. I could see it being taken by people who have the opposite point of view of yeah, that's how shit should be. Back to how it used to be when I was. It's the, uh, what's the word? The uh, Rick and Morty. It's the Rick and Morty. I was going to say Fight Club Syndrome. Oh, Fight Club. Yeah, that's that's even more apt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I, Cause I my, Rick and Morty is applicable, but that's what I usually call it is the Fight Club Syndrome. Yeah. I, I think the major difference is there's really no, I don't feel like there's any one character in the show to really rally behind like Rick and Morty does or like Fight Club does because it it takes place in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the thing people are going to latch on to the most is the time period mm-hmm. more than any of the characters mm. because that's where all the commentary comes from the fact that it's the 70s mm-hmm. um yeah uh but uh, it all sort of follows the same formula as a king of the hill episode mm-hmm. it, it's you know hank or francis uh have a point of view at the beginning or a uh, reaction to something that happens at the beginning and then they learn to be slightly more open-ended or open-minded by the end of the show. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Bobby or any of the kids, any of the Murphy kids, uh, have a lesson to learn about growing up in their surroundings. And then Peggy or Sue have like a woman, like a, 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 a problem that affects women in society that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. That that that's basically the formula of the episode, uh, and then there's an overarching sort of theme for the season. Mm. Uh, I'm a sucker for anything set in the '70s, so that's my excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I just I still think there's something in traditional American adult animation. I think there's potential in that formula. There is. I just uh, wish everybody wasn't trying to look like Family Guy. There's a reason. I know why. I know the reason. It's just I hate it. Okay. Uh, I I really think this... It doesn't really look like Family Guy to me. Mm. It looks... It doesn't really have. I I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, that that's my week. Uh, there's no upkeep. There's no spoiler casts. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna get into some territory. We'll see you then. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, let's let's get into Centaur World. So. Hmm. Uh, created by Megan Dong, uh, directed by Jen Bennett, Christina Manrique, uh, Jeremy Polgar, Katie Shanahan, and Megan Dong for one episode. Um, written by Megan Dong, uh, Jeff Bartikoff, uh, Todd Casey, Amalia Lavari, Aminder. Dollywall, uh, Minty Lewis, Ryan Hare, and Jesse Wong. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Megan Dong as Glendale, Chris Diamantopoulos as Ched, uh, Parvesh China as Zulius, Kimiko Glenn as Horse. Uh, you might recognize Kimiko Glenn as. Uh, Lena from DuckTales. Yeah. Uh, Megan Hilty as Wombawink. Josh Radner as Kerpleton. Jesse Mueller as Ryder. Ali Fetter as... Uh, uh, okay, a bunch of people as the background singers. Uh, Ali Fetter, Fletcher Sheridan, Randy Crenshaw, Baraka May, Toby Chu are all the background. Yeah, Toby uh, Chu is also the composer. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's also saying Nana Kono as the horse. Uh, you might be getting multi-language on IMDb. Oh, that's true. On IMDb. Yeah. yeah. That's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, D. Bradley Baker is Stabby. Uh, God, that was D. Bradley Baker, huh? Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Flula Borg as Comfortable Doug. Fred Armisen as Splendib. Uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry as Water Baby. Paul F. Tompkins as Tail. I love Paul F. Tompkins. Brian Stokes Mitchell as Nowhere King. Tony Hale as Derpletoot. Right. Derpleton's talking farts. Yep. Uh, Rosalie Craig as Wiltar Shaman, Clara Soderberg as Big Tree, 
Johanna Soderberg as Little Tree, uh, Brian Darcy James as the General, David Johansson as the Bear Tar, uh, Colleen Ballinger as Crandy, Scott Hoying as Mouthpiece, Ray Griffin, Ray Delisle, better now known as Ray Griffin, as Baden, uh, Jamie Cullum as Sunfish Murgai, I don't think so. Okay. Uh. All right. Uh, Fred Tastacor is Badratar, and that that that's most of the people. Um. Mm hmm. Series music by Toby Chu. Uh, series produced. Uh, yeah, leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of the people who do voices in this is sort of like. They're either people who already do voice acting, or they are in musical theater, and yeah. they brought them on because they're in musical theater. Like for example, um. Brian Stokes Mitchell, the Nowhere King, is a, a Tony Award winning uh, theater, like Broadway actor. Hmm. Uh, he was um, most famous for being in the in the play uh, Kiss Me Kate. Okay. Uh, and he's done a lot of like tertiary television stuff because he was a, you know, Tony Award winning theater. But he's been in a lot of... Um, you know, the uh, plays like Much Ado and whatnot, and a lot of uh, the other actors in this are same way. Either musically talented, like the 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 two tree tars are uh, from a band called First Aid Kit. Mm. Uh, they're a musical duo. Um, and then uh, I believe there's another one that I'm remembering off the top of my head, who. Is a, oh yeah, uh, Flula Borg is like a a DJ. Yeah, he was in uh, Pitch Perfect too. Yeah, like a lot of people on the show either are again voice actors or have musical talent or both. Yeah. Um, I think even I think what was to oh yeah Toby Chu. The super interesting thing about him that I didn't know was that he did he worked with like Daft Punk. Oh wow! Yeah, right. Yeah. And he wrote, uh, he also worked with, he mainly worked with them on um, uh, the Tron Legacy soundtrack. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, he's done a lot of, like, compositions for other films. Like, uh, he did a lot of the music for, he composed a lot of the music for The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the the, okay. the movie. And then um, he was also the composer for uh, uh, Darth, like, Legend of Oz. Which was an animated animated film and uh, Bow that short Disney that Disney mm. short, yeah, but yeah, um, okay, so horse Isakai horse Isakai horse horse Isakai horse. Uh, I overall enjoyed the show, but I have I have problems with it. Okay. What my biggest problem with this show is this works to its advantage sometimes. I want to preface this. Is it's weird like absolute like I have never experienced this amount of tonal whiplash in my life. Yeah. That's the point. No, I get that that's the point. Okay. And it and it works sometimes. But it doesn't always work, is what I'm saying. It doesn't, it, at least for me. Like, the tonal whiplash, okay. like, kills the momentum a lot of the time. But sometimes it does work, and for, like, the sake of comedy or, like, making a dramatic moment actually, like, added, add some levity. And that, like, it, it can work. But, like I said, there are several times where it just feels like 
you kind of killed the momentum of your own scene just to make a non sequitur. You know? And that's, that's, that's just how I feel. The other thing that I have a problem with this show is 90% of the time it's funny, but it also kind of feels like the show falls into the school of comedy that I like to call uh, the spaghetti fridge. Where you just kind of like keep throwing jokes at the fridge and see which ones stick. And oh. some of them and and all and they're all just kind of like a lot of the humor is very non sequitur out there humor. And again, much like the thing I said about the tonal whiplash, it works a lot of the time, but not all the time. Like there there are Several jokes that are just like, they just fall flat. They're not funny. But when you're, when you got a, a but your batting average is pretty good. I'm going to say. Yeah. I did laugh a lot, but there were just so, it was just, there were too many jokes sometimes. You know? I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I personally disagree, but. Uh, it, it comes down to personal taste. It does come down to personal taste. Like, the one where I had to, like, going back to the tunnel wet the one where I had to, like, pause and literally step away for, like, ten minutes was they were in the middle of the fight with the no- with the, the Nowhere King in the first season. Mm-hmm. And Ched just shows up and claps. And that the fucking legally distinct Friends theme song starts playing. Yeah, and I'm just like, what the fuck is what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what the fuck is even happening? <laughs> like, I didn't know what to feel, and that's that's sort of my problem. Is the the tonal whiplash? It ends up resulting in stuff like that. Where like, what am I supposed to feel right now? Confusion, because that's what I'm feeling. I'm not laughing. That's for sure. I'm just feel. I'm just. I'm not. Fu- I'm the fucking that 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 gif of uh, Dan, uh fucking Travolta, in uh what's that fucking movie? Uh oh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's like, just walking around like the fuck is happening. Yeah. It, it feels like um, what's the word? Like uh, uh, what's that fu- uh. What's that fucking show? Uh, with the 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 investigator and it's a uh, uh it's fuck that's gonna bug unsolved mystery. He's trying to solve. He's in a small town. He's trying to solve the mister the murder of this one girl. Oh oh um, Twin Pines. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. That's right. It it it's like. You know how there's that interview where uh, the guy, uh, fucking, who directed Twin Peaks again? Fucking, uh, what's that bitch? David Lynch. Do you know how there's that interview with Lynch where someone asked him, well, in this scene, why did you have the guy hold a bucket of rocks with some oven mitts? And it's like, I just thought it, I just thought it would be interesting and weird. It's like the same thing, but instead of like interesting and weird, it's like comedy. Yeah. And again, that can work. But not all the time. <laughs> and that those are my two big like like gripes. Okay. Um and the other one is like the second season is not as strong as the first one. It it drag mm. it, it drags. Like it feels like we're we wasted like three episodes to text and get to the point. Mm. Like some episodes are needed, obviously, but it didn't. It and like the whole arc of horse is needed, but like I didn't feel like we, like the one that maybe just was. It was really just really bad story. I was gonna start bad storytelling. Is like they go to the Moltars, talk to the Moltars, and then or whatever, and it's like they have like three different other episodes after that. And it's like. We need an excuse to go back to the Moltars and then fucking 
Comfortable Doug shows up randomly to be like, you should go basically to be a plot device together. You should go back and talk to the Moltas because we need an excuse for you to go and go talk back to the Moltas. Even though we just talked to them. You know? Like, structurally, yeah. it's, it's whack. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. All that being said, I liked everything else. Huh. Sorry, I had to go on my fucking... I had, those are my only big negatives, so I had to get them out of my system. Yeah. Yeah, I overall... I did like it. Um, I kind of took the mic on that one, so if you want to... If you have a, an onion, please. Uh... I didn't stop laughing from the start to the finish. Mm. Like that that's just that that except for when it got sad, like I cried at the parts that are um supposed to cry at sad. Yeah, but mm. like every time there was a joke it hit for me. Um mm-hmm. I am immune to tonal whiplash. Uh I enjoy tonal whiplash in fact. I think it's the best thing a writer can do. Mm. Uh I love tonal whiplash more than anything. It it's it hits perfect every time for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is like a series handmade for me. Yeah. Uh, also, I never got past the lol random humor kind of thing. Like I I still find that if I found something funny at five years old, I still find it funny now. Mm-hmm. Like, I have not aged out of certain types of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a, there's a, there's a, a very subtle, um, distinction to be made between lol random and non sequitur. It, it engages in both, I believe. It does. Um, I, I, I think, like, yeah, you've got the non sequiturs, but you've also got the lol random. Um, mm-hmm. and law random humor can work. It's just like, yeah. Again, it it a lot of the time it feels like it's falling under the the spaghetti fridge way of doing comedy. Yeah, it just just, just uh, keeps throwing jokes at the wall. Eventually, one will stick. For me, they all stick. I mean, yeah, it's uh, comedy is the literally one of the most subjective it, it's things subject- in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't really have any like strong opinions to say other than I, I love this series and I think it's one of the funniest things I've seen in quite a while. Mm. Uh uh the other this is you know what, that's not really a it's how I want to say this the songs for the most part are good but they're a mixed bag sometimes yeah um there's there's some that are better than others yeah and that's just sort of the problem you're gonna run into when you have a show that's a musical and you have to have like a multiple musical numbers in every episode is like yeah. You're gonna have some stinkers, or some songs that just don't quite hit, or are really lacking compared to some of the really good songs. Yeah, or feel like they're they serve absolutely no purpose and are just kind of here to meet a quota. Yeah. Uh, I I I do think that um. I didn't really care for a lot of... Okay. I guess I do have criticism. Now that I've started thinking about it a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, I kind of wish I'd watched it yesterday so I had more time to ruminate on it because I'm still sort of in the honeymoon phase yeah, right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, like... I didn't much care for a lot of the... Uh, Nowhere King and the the Queen and the General like sort of shtick. That's the exact opposite of how I feel. It okay. Well, 
I like the elements of it. I just wish they had more time to develop it. Yeah, it's it's the, that. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that, and that's sort of the problem. It's sort of running into that problem I was talking about, where that second season, all that time we wasted could have been spent on this plot point. Yeah. I I kind of wish they had spread it to three seasons. I don't think it could have been spread over three seasons, truly. I think... I think there should have been... What's... what's how do I want to put this? There's... Season two should have just been about the birth of the Nowhere King. Mm. And then season three should have been this season. Mm. I don't know. It With a few minor changes, because you don't need the where the Nowhere King comes from set up anymore. You don't. The whole show, it, season two specifically, so season one is fine uh, when it comes to pacing, but season two as a whole really does suffer from the pacing. I, I, I don't know about this for sure. But I feel like they may have been promised more seasons initially, and so they wanted to rush. And they they, they got told mm-hmm. ahead of time that season two was going to be their last, mm-hmm. so they had time to... They, it feels a little bit that OKKO OK feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but... But that, that that's hearsay. That, that That's just a vibe, I guess. Yeah, I feel that... The Nowhere King and his entire plot point, like basically everything about the Nowhere King, is some of the best stuff in the show. Absolutely. Like easily. And I, I'm sad that there isn't more of it. Because it, it, we needed a little more. Either more, either some more time with the general as a character, more time with the Nowhere King, more time with the Elktar, more time with the queen, the princess slash queen. Like any any combination of those things, truly. Yeah. Instead of, listen, I loved, I I love the weird bird tar fucking cult around the show thing. Yeah. But we didn't need that. No, you're right. It was com- that that part. It was completely pointless. Yeah. The episode with the the art the North the Arctic cards or whatever was necessary because it was Glendale needed an episode. Yeah. Uh. Like right. Yeah. But I. But the one with the birds. I I kind of. Okay. Uh huh. I like when artists and like show people get to vent about how annoying fandom can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I have grudges against fandom as a concept, so I, I love that. But I am kind of tired of seeing it. Yeah, you know what it would have worked like the, that whole thing was about how Zulius is the one, and like Zulius is the one who brings it together, right? And like how everybody else is yeah. kind of doing things. It would have worked so much better if Zulius was the one who, like, because we had that really great scene of him and um, what the the tiger tar. That I loved all that shit. I wish that that was an episode where he got the tar, the cat tars to follow them instead of him just randomly at the end of the bird tar episode that didn't need to exist. Like, bring them yeah. together. It should have been the cat tar. It should have been. Really and it, we could have made more jokes about how we didn't find out about his backstory. Yeah, like it would have. Uh, this is this is what I'm saying. Pacing. I, I feel like the. <sighs> Sorry, I'm scrolling through uh, Megan Dong's Twitter, trying to mm-hmm. look for any commentary on the production. Mm. Uh, and there's just a lot of funny fan art. Good. Uh, I need. You, I should probably follow her. Actually, she's great. Yeah. Um. Hold on. I'm gonna send you my favorite. It's like. I love because Glendale is she she's great as Glendale and I love Glendale. Yeah, like she's my favorite out of all of the main characters. 
she's right I god this is really good um but the <laughs> out of all the main characters she's my favorite just kind of like every character has like a joke or a gimmick right and yeah. uh, specifically in the herd my I was mentioning how like some of the comedy didn't like work it and this is what a, this is like an example of like sometimes the quote unquote bit from each of the characters didn't land except for Glendale. Every time Glendale said something, I laughed. Yeah. It's it's partially Megan Dong like delivery and I don't know, there's yeah. just something about her. I, I I I love it. It's great. Um but uh, what was I gonna say? But yeah the going back to the networking stuff is it's Someone said this best. Like it's it's a really like c- clear and concise way of putting it. Is the Nowhere King is a perfect villain in a flawed show. Yeah. And like that's a really clear cut and concise way to put it. Yeah. Is that his entire story is really excellent and well written, and the concept is really cool. It's just that the show itself. And its pacing kind of fails him as a as a villain. Yeah. Which isn't to say there's anything worthwhile in this show because, like I said, a lot of the songs are really good. I consistently was listening to several of the songs over again. I bought the first season soundtrack the first time I watched. It. Mm-hmm. It's it's real good. Yeah, a Rainbow Road. Um, the the opening Centaur World. Uh. Fragile things, all of and all of its various reprises. By the way, love, love me a good musical that has several recurring le motifs. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I I live for that. You know. Yep. But um, the the, the a lot of the songs are like really fun some of them are like really fun parodies of certain types of songs or musicals like literally the cat tars are just cats the musical yeah i think that that's my favorite episode from season one Mm. like it's cat like cats the musical parody and then like um there's like all kinds of different genres which can sometimes a lot of musicals can suffer from trying to mix genre, but like the show does it well most of the time. I, I think it, it it's because it's uh, more episodic that each episode can have a different tone, mm. can have a different conceit. Like it has that overarching plot, but still each episode is a little self-contained, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love a uh, horse as a character. Horse is a great, yeah, great protagonist. She's great. She's hilarious. She like I love her like entire arc as a character uh, in both seasons. And also, uh, we usually say this first, but goddamn, there's some really good animation in this show sometimes. Oh yeah, it gets. There's moments where it's like, just absolutely beautiful. It's because you know who worked on this show. Who? James Baxter. Of course. James Baxter. He it was he was like a consultant on a oh. lot of the specifically to make horse look really good. Because yeah. he worked on Spirit. Yeah, it's. God, that, that, yeah. It, it all clicks, don't it? Yeah, it really fucking does. Uh, and I like I loved Ryder. I mainly liked Ryder when she throughout the entire first season. She's kind of set up as like the the goal of horse, and the, her world is super serious. I like when yeah. she gets to interact with Centaur World and yeah. just 
when she gets to be silly. Yeah. Or has no idea what the fuck is happening. I... Yes. I, I sincerely hope this isn't the end. Um, I mean, I don't, like, I don't know where you go from This here. art. I don't know where you go from here. I, I know. It takes some time. I, I, I feel like there's something they could do. I don't know what, but there could be, like, maybe just, like, every once in a while a special where it's... Because then you'd get to see, you know, Ryder in Centaur Wars. Yeah, I just don't know what... There's, I don't know what, what story you can tell. It, it, Everybody's kind of reached yeah. the end of their character arcs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There could be new drama. You never know. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. You know what I want to know, though? What? The fuck was up with Becky Apples? Yeah, that's... that. Mm, that I want to know. I mean, know. that's the. In- I guess. That- I guess that's the entire joke, right? Yeah. Like you never find out, and it's like it's un, it's unclear, and that's the joke. Yeah. It's just killer horse. Killer horse who eats wigs. I guess. I'm convinced she ate. The person that was wearing that wig too. I'm convinced she found one of the horse tars and ate them. Yeah. Like that's what I'm I'm also convinced that Glendale may have swallowed her parents with her portal tummy. Hmm. That's that's a little too sad for my taste, but yeah. The implication of her backstory song is uh Yeah. 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 You know what? Plot point I was and Glenn and Wimblewink points this out. The plot point I was surprised we got to circle back on was the tiny versions of Centaurs. Yes. I, where do they all go? Underground. Underground. They go underground. Fucking where Oh, I'm so glad we finally circled back on that plot point. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I was that was actually bugging me, truly. And the other one, the the through line, the the other two through line jokes that I thought were really funny were Gary. Yeah. Fucking Gary and his cakes, and the fact that Becky Apples is his horse, and he was the skeleton in the prison. Yeah. And the other one was uh Jeffrey's jacket. Yeah. Glendale had it the whole time. Glendale was wearing it. The, the fucking ep- I didn't realize it until I looked back on it. The ep- the two parter of the riff in season one where it's like, here, have this jacket. Glendale, where did you get this jacket? Like I didn't think about it. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. That was Jeffrey's jacket. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. I feel like this is one of those shows where, like, when I watch it again, there's going to be jokes I missed. Because, again, sp- spag- spaghetti fridge. Yeah. There were too many jokes. Yeah. It just, it, shit just kept happening. Like, uh, it didn't stop. It didn't stop, and that again was a strength and a weakness. Yeah. It 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 was there was too much happening. Oh god. But overall, <sighs> yeah. What 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 do you remember? Uh. Horse and thigh high boots. Yeah, fucking uh, who is she? <laughs> that song is great. Yeah. yeah. The one that really cracks me up is the one where they're in the Arctic and Glendale's like, "Hey, horse, how many snowmen do you think I can fit inside my portal tummy?" Trick question. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
Yeah, overall, I did enjoy the show, but you know, I don't think I can begrudge somebody who wouldn't be into it. It's really, like, kind of... Yeah. It's not for everybody. No. I think there's certain reasons that I find less valid than others. Mm. Uh, you know, people who just like, oh, it looks like baby shit. But uh, outside of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more about like the not digging what it's trying to do, you know? Yeah. Which, not for everybody. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not gonna... I, I have controversial takes on a lot of beloved series, so I'm not gonna begrudge anyone for not liking this. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna begrudge anyone for not liking anything, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that's it. I thought, I... Yeah, I don't got anything else to say either. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll close this bitch out. We'll see you then. Hey, everybody, and welcome back for the last time this episode to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, yeah, that's the episode. That, that That's a pretty, pretty damn short episode. We're coming in. We're going to be just over an hour by the time we finish this at, outro. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's mainly because while we did talk about two seasons of a show, there were it was only eighteen episodes. Yeah, it was only eighteen episodes. It really could have been one one season. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I smaller season orders are a good way for shows that wouldn't otherwise get greenlit to get greenlit. Yeah. So. By the way, I feel. Um, as of the time of this recording, I feel we would be doing a disservice as an animation podcast, not to say, uh, rest in peace, Derek J. Wyatt. Yes. Uh, saw that earlier, yeah. Uh, influential designer for just the whole animated design vibe of the early aughts. The, the Teen Titans 2003 show Transformers animated. He worked yeah. on Ben 10. Like, yeah. The man is... He was, he was prolific. Yeah. It's... Yeah. world's lesser without him. The world is also without him. Uh, but anyway. No, alright. Uh, please comment. Uh, leave, leave uh, you know, five-star reviews on wherever you're listening to this. Feedback. If Feedback, yep. Drop feedback. Uh, you can uh, get to us on Twitter. You can email us. You can find us on Tumblr. Uh, the email is acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Can I get that back one more time? That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Yep. You can also find us on Twitter at at inkpodcast. That's at I-N-C- P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr. Kyle, tell us more about that. You can find us on Tumblr at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. Yep, we got anything in the ask box this week? Mm, let me double check. Mm. I'm giving the email the whole look see these. Doesn't look like it's happening. Alright. Uh, email's being slow, so I'm just going to leave that off for this week. I'll have it pulled up next time. You said that. Uh, you also said that last time. Yeah, Firefox is a slow-ass browser. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but, um... But, yeah, uh, that's where you can find the show. Yeah, if you want to find us independently, uh, Kai, why don't you tell us your stuff? You can find me at on Twitter at kaiju underscore emperor. That's k-a-i-j-u underscore e-m-e-e-o a-m-p-e-r-o-r uh, and then you can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju dash emperor 
thought the exact same way. Those are retweet reblogs, likes, and whatever of things that I'm into. Fan art, animation, etc., etc. Whatever my particular hyper-focus is at the time. Uh, and you can also, if you want anything original from me, and you like D&D, you can also find some of my uh, homebrew D&D stuff on my side blog, Kai's Tome. It's K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. Uh, I'm hopefully going to be posting some of my uh, a homebrew, more of my homebrew subclasses there soon. I'm making a bunch of artificer subclasses. So look forward to that. What about you, Layla? All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at @turbohoncho. That's at T-U-R-B-O-H-O-N-C-H-O. Uh, and that's the only place. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. So look forward to that. Hell and, yeah. Well, not next week. Uh, next episode. Yeah, the next episode uh, of the 80s, 80s Ninja Turtles cartoon to have a cyclical thing because at the start of this season we talked about the 2003 show yep and that also means that's the last episode of the season so after that we won't be back until mid-february uh so please stick with us through that little break mm -hmm. uh but until then don't be a jackass we'll see you next time bye